the Paul Leslie Hour, helping people tell their stories. And now, your host, Paul Leslie. Hey, it's me. Hello, and welcome to the Paul Leslie Hour. I'm honored that you're here. Norm Feynman is a special guest on this episode of the Paul Leslie Hour, and we have for you a special stand up comedy performance featuring Norm. I think anybody who has spent more than a few minutes with Norm Feynman has smiled and laughed. He's a man who loves comedy, and it's a great honor to have him here, and I hope you all have a few laughs. This episode begins with stand-up comedy, and then we segue into a brief but energizing interview, right here on the Paul Leslie Hour. The Paul Leslie Hour is possible through viewers and listeners like you. Go to thepaulleslie.com, click on support the show. Every little bit helps. And now, let's get into the show. And now, stand-up comedy with our special guest, Norm Feynman, here on the Paul Leslie Hour. Good morning, Atlanta. Thanks for coming out today. It's nice to see you here. My name's Stormin Norman. When you got the name Norman, you got to add a Stormin to it because Norman by itself doesn't stand too well. Uh, years ago, Johnny uh, Cash wrote a song about life ain't easy for a boy named Sue. Well, let me tell you, Norman ain't much easier. What do you think of when you think of the name Norman? Who do you think of? Probably the fat guy from Cheers sitting at the corner of the bar drinking beer. Maybe if you go back far enough, Crazy Norman Bates from the Bates Hotel back with the movie Psycho, stabbing people. Or even an animated cartoon a few years ago, Paranorman, about a crazy kid who talks to dead people. Okay, That's what you get when you get with Norman. It's not an easy uh, name to live with. I wish I could have had a, a, a better name. Think about some of the great uh, sports stars we've had over the years. Bill Russell, Tom Brady. Okay, those are, those are real strong names. Jim Brown. Even the superheroes. Batman was Bruce Wayne. Superman was Clark Kent. And, and even uh, other great people, inventors like Jonas Salk. Or how about John Glenn? Those are great names. Norman Feynman? Give me a break. That's, that's something to overcome, okay? That's really tough. So, like height and other things that add to your success, Overcoming a name like Norman isn't an easy thing. And by the way, if you're out there and you're laughing and your name is Alfred or Stanley or Melvin, don't laugh too hard because you're right behind me. Now, you couple that with uh, getting a little bit older and things even get, get tougher. Okay, Till I was 60 years old, I had one doctor. Go in every once in a while and have a physical and that's it. But now I've got bunches of them. I'm a member of the IST Club, I-S-T. What is the IST Club? All the doctors that end with IST. So I'll start with the top of my head and tell you who they are. And these are all real stories and real doctors. I have a neurologist. I have an optometrist, an ophthalmologist, an audiologist, an otolaryngologist, a cardiologist, a nephrologist, even a proctologist, all the way down to my podiatrist, okay, all the is. And 
takes a lot of time planning and going to doctors. And all the doctors are comedians nowadays. They all got a little story to tell you. So I go in for my uh, annual uh, checkup. The doctor says, right at the beginning, after you get your weight, doctor says, I got some good news and some bad news about your weight, Norman. What's that? The good news is you gained just one pound this year. Great. What's the bad news, doctor? Last year, I told you to lose 30. Funny doctor. It comes to the end of the same uh, routine, and he starts to put on his glove, and he tells me, it's time for the rectal examination. I tell him, doctor, every year when I come in for this, that's the part I regret the most. And he looks me right in the eye and he says, you think I enjoy this? Now you go to the otolaryngologist, okay? Ear, nose, and throat guy. Took me three visits there before I could come up with and be able to repeat his name. The otolaryngologist talks to me about what I have a condition in my right ear called tinnitus. Let me tell you what tinnitus is, he says. 50 million Americans have it. It's mostly people over 50 years old, and you get a buzzing or a humming or a, or a, or a crackling noise in your ear. I said, I've got that in spades. I said, it goes 14, 15 hours a day. It's like a loud beehive. What can you do for me? He said, nothing. I said, nothing? He said, well, it used to go in and do a little operation. You're in her ear, but didn't work. So now you just have to ignore it. I said, a beehive in my head, 14 hours a day, ignore it? Is that what they really teach you in medical school? He says, that's all I can do for you. He says, as a matter of fact, he said, last week a guy in Michigan had a case like yours, which is one of the 5% of the worst in terms of noise and, and longevity. He said, and he threatened to kill his doctor because the doctor couldn't do anything about it. I said, really? He said, yeah. I said, well, you don't have to worry. I'm not in the mood to kill you, but... With this noise that you can't do anything, I am going to be looking at some high buildings. But I can't believe that's that that's your answer. He said, that's it. Shook hands, paid my bill, out the door. Well, as I usually do when I do a bit, I'll leave you with a story about doctors, since we're talking about doctors and medical. A young woman comes into a doctor's office. She's about 19 years old, attractive woman, first time at the doctor's office, and she says, doctor. I need to get a physical. He says, okay, come on in and uh, get, get comfortable. He said, take your clothes off. I'm going to do an examination. She says, doctor, I'm very shy. I, 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 can't, I can't do that. What do you mean? He says, so I can't take my clothes off. You're a man. He said, take your clothes off. I have to do the examination. She says, doctor, you're a man. He says, look, I'm a doctor first. I'm a man second. He says, take your clothes off and I'll do the examination. She says, I don't know. I'm very shy. I can't do it. He said, would it help if I, if I lower the lights or shut them off? She says, yeah, I think that would be helpful. So about a minute later, she's holding her clothes and looks at the doctor, and she says, doctor, where should I put my clothes? He says, right here on top of mine. That's the funny doctors. Thanks for listening. Have a great night. Peace out. Hey. Hey, Paul, how are you? I'm good. How are you doing? It's all good in the hood, as we say. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Looks like you got quite a quite a number of pictures on the wall. Yeah, it's all my family. Nice. My, my all the way back to my grandparents, my parents, my kids, and my grandkids. So we got four generations there. I see you got. Uh, how does it feel to be on your own, the complete <laughs> unknown, like a Rolling Stone? Right. That's right. That's I knew good. I could get That's you good. to sing. 
<laughs> I'm glad you can. Nobody else could. <laughs> well, Norman, I'm hoping you can tell Who's me that? who are some of the comedians who have made you laugh the most? Okay, I'm going to be an old guy, so I had a lot of people over the years that I watched as a kid that I enjoyed. Um, all the old-time comedians like uh, Myron Cohen, Jackie Leonard, um, Shecky Green, um, uh, and, of course, uh, right into, you know, I always loved jo Johnny Carson's monologue. Every night I watched that for forever. He did a great, he did, I think, one of the best monologues. Um, and then in um, modern times, of course, Robin Williams is insane, but he's incredibly funny, probably the most intense. And then the, the, the dry humor, like uh, Stephen Wright, probably familiar oh, yeah. with him. Love he's, him. He was terrific. And years and years ago on the Ed Sullivan show, they had a guy that was a, a precursor of him, um, Jackie Leonard. Uh, I mean, not Jackie Leonard. Um, uh, Jackie Vernon, he was a deadpan guy, too. Those guys have their own uh, touch. Uh, and, of course, Billy Crystal. And uh, right up to the modern time, I would say uh, I watch these comedy stations or whatever. Uh, Kevin Hart is really pretty funny. Um, so a lot of them. And, and, and as a kid, I loved the Three Stooges. Oh, yeah. Every Saturday morning, I watched them for years. So there wasn't one person in particular, but just a – a host of different people over the years that I found Gene, um, Gene Wilder. I mean, I get, I laugh just looking at him when he comes <laughs> on. I just, I start to smile or laugh. Um, so I guess those are the ones that come to mind. Well, that's a, that's a good variety. We have a lot of uh, favorites in common, including the Sheck, Jackie green, hard to beat. The, the this morning when I was shaving, I was listening to some some live stand up from Jackie Mason, who has also made me oh, yeah, laugh like quite him. a bit. Yeah, yeah. His his uh, tapes are uh, uh, hilarious, and of course, I left out uh, Rodney Dangerfield. He's terrific. Oh yeah, yeah. I loved Rodney too. Loved Rodney and his movies. You know, Back to School and. Uh, Easy money and, you know, his movies are hilarious. Hey, Norm, what do you think of Mel Brooks? It's funny. Uh, my wife is in the background. She's yelling, Mel Brooks. I didn't <laughs> mention Mel Brooks, but, uh, yeah, no, he was, uh, is, well, has he passed away recently? No, no, he's still with us. No, he's still going. I just watched uh, last night, the night before last, I stayed up late and watched Blazing Saddles. Hey, nothing wrong with that. <laughs> Which was just hilarious. Because I don't know if it'd be allowed today with all the political correctness or whatever, but it was absolutely hilarious. Yeah, they wouldn't yeah, make that movie. He's a genius. <laughs> yeah, yeah, no, they would make that movie. But I watch it every, anytime I see it. I'm, you know, channel shifting. I I can't go through that. It's just, go by it. It's just a tremendous, tremendous funny movie. So Norm, why is laughter important? Why why is comedy important to us human beings? Well, for a lot of reasons, and particularly during this time, right, with the COVID and all that, we need we need outlets. And um, as a, I know a lot of the old time comedians were were Jewish comedians, and uh, and they said a lot of that was 
because of the pain of their history and whatever, they had to find laughter, sort of like the black people found spirituals and singing and whatever. When you're oppressed people, you need a, an outlet. And I think for Jews, that was um, that was their outlet. But they've also done studies in um, uh, in elderly homes and nursing homes and whatever that these old people need to laugh. And they bring in uh, either someone, comedians, or they bring in uh, videos of the Three Stooges or, or Laurel and Hardy or, you know, the, the old comedians, uh, Milton Berle. And, and they, uh, they show it to these old people and, and they laugh and it's supposedly healthy for them. That and I hear a dog bark and bringing in dogs sometimes for therapy for kids yeah. or for elderly people. They bring in dogs. Uh, there's certain things that just uh, relax people and make them feel better. So it's, it's more than just having a good time for five minutes or 10 minutes or 20. Um, so I think that's one of the reasons comedy is so important. For me, as a salesman for so many years, and then I was a teacher, I didn't use it as much, but as a salesperson, help break the ice. And uh, after hours or during lunches, it was a way for me to pretty quickly capture an audience, which that was that was my strength. I could tell a funny story. I could tell uh, something that would loosen some people up. And most importantly, as I'm getting older, I realized this is a skill I have that makes people feel good. You know, everybody's got their thing. Some people can build things. Some people can draw things. Uh, other people are great sculptors or whatever. I never had those skills, but I could always make people smile and laugh. And I think that's important. So I had a good fit. And so I used it. And as the years went by, it became an integral part of my personality. <laughs> well, I think there's something in a name as people, as, as people saw in that clip. And uh, you're a fine man. There you go. And, and uh, you know, Karina and I were talking. There is nothing wrong with the name Norman or Norm. Nothing. <laughs> nothing at all. So, Norm, is there anything you would like to say to all your friends and family and all the good people out there? Uh, keep laughing. Keep smiling. Uh, it's really important to do. And uh, this thing has been really fun doing, just sitting down and mm -hmm. thinking of, doing something. And I started with my name. I could have done a number of other things, but, uh, I remember when I was a little kid, uh, they came out with this song, Sue Thompson, I think sang it. It was called Norman. If you, if you haven't heard it, you should look it up. It's, and it starts off Norman, Ooh, Norman, Ooh, Norman, Norman, my love. Well, I was in sixth grade when that song came out and I walked through the halls with with kids all day long. Hey, Norman, ooh, ooh, you know, Norman, ooh, ooh you know, so they tease the hell out of me for about a year or two with that song. So those things can have a, an impact on you, but uh, um, you adjust to what you have, but it, it is a, it was kind of a fun place to start with my name. So I appreciate the opportunity. This has been really fun sitting down. It, it was kind of easy to do when, when you do things from your life, you know, like David Brenner, he's another one. He, he always did stories about he, – he would get in a, a bus or a train and just observe people, and that was his bit, you know. Mm -hmm. You know, a guy was sitting on a newspaper. Or he was sitting on a newspaper, and a guy said, are you reading that? <laughs> and he'd get up and turn the page and sit down and say, yeah, I am, you know. But he would see people, you know, just uh, 
Another funny one he had was a guy was holding on to a, you know, one of those straps in the um, a subway. I don't know if they still have them. You going back and forth. And yeah, yeah. The guy was the guy was smiling, and then he would wave like that, and he'd smile again. He waved like that again, and then uh, finally, after the third time, he said to the guy, "What are you doing?" The guy said, "I was telling myself a joke, and I remembered I already heard it before." <laughs> Well, that was David Brenner's kind of humor. So things that you do like that, when I was talking about the doctors, those were all true stories. So they stick in your head forever because they're, they're insanity, you know, sometimes. So oh, yeah. you don't have to write them down or create them because they're part of your life. So they're easy to do. So that's about it. It's important. Keep laughing. Enjoy. And, uh, you know, that's the other side of the pain we have today. So we need as much of that balance as we can get. <laughs> well spoken. Well, my my hat is off to anybody who has the guts to to sing or to tell a joke. So hats off <laughs> to you, Norm. Thank you so much. Thank you. Great seeing you again. Good to see you. Take care, Paul. All righty. Bye-bye. Ba-ba Goodbye.